Welcome back to I Have to Ask with Elizabeth Hess, part of the Champagne Showers Podcast Network. Today's guest is Champagne City Council candidate Kathy Shannon. Kathy, thanks for joining me today. Thanks so much for having me. Before we get into your run for city council, I want to thank you for your tenure as a unit for school board member. As board member, secretary, and vice president of the Champaign School Board, you oversaw the hiring of a new superintendent, a pandemic metal detectors and staffing issues, but let's focus on the positive. What are you most proud of in your tenure as a school board member? So I'm going to say two things. I'm going to start with passing the referendum to thoroughly renovate both of our high schools and to build a couple new elementary schools, renovate one of our middle schools, just do a whole ton of work. So we started with a tier one process where the staff vetted out all the requirements Then we had a tier two committee that had representatives from Champaign and Savoy, Chamber of Commerce, the MTD, Park District, the Economic Development Corporation, Black Chamber of Commerce, et cetera. We all had conversations with family and friends. We did talks in front of any group that would have us. We did door-to-door work and work on election day and pass this amazing referendum to invest in the future of our schools. So I'm really, really, really proud of that. More recently, I'm very proud of our strategic plan, which was months of planning, committee work. We had an outside consulting company to get an impartial reaction to the district and to the community, hammering out the mission and vision statements and core values, doing this all throughout COVID. Adding to that strategic plan was the anti-racism resolution that passed. As a whole, I think was a major accomplishment. I'm very proud of that. Again, thank you for your service on the board. You are shifting gears now to Champaign City Council. There are three at-large seats. As you have said, quote, to continue the work of making our community a better place to live for everyone. When you become a city council member, what issue would you like to tackle first to fulfill that goal? Well, first, I'd like to thank you for saying when, not if. (laughs) I appreciate that. There's a process called council goal setting, where usually in the fall following the election, the council gets together to talk about and restate the goals that they want to accomplish for the city. That's going to be a big thing that I want to look at first. As a part of that, I would like to, in our goal for encouraging economic development, we talk about a thing called incremental development, allowing small changes to zoning that tend to snowball into bigger things. That's something that I'm really, really, really excited about. And I want to help push that forward. I also want us to do, there's an infrastructure goal that talks about bike lanes. And obviously, I am very much in favor of bike lanes. And I want to find ways to make them safer. Because when we just have paint on the road, that's not really protection. And if you bike yourself, You can imagine if there's a large car next to you, that little stripe of paint just doesn't really make you feel a whole lot better about biking on the street. So that's an important thing. Also, in terms of our streets, I'd like to look at fixing things before we add new ones, because we've got a lot of streets that really need a lot of work. And I don't like the idea of adding new not just new streets, but also widening streets, adding new lanes before we fix what we have. So those are some of the things I'd like to focus on early on. 
drivers become more aggressive when somebody's in a bike lane or they will purposefully speed up and cut somebody off. There are some drivers out there that have zero respect and are actually aggressive towards bikers. I have noticed that. And something that's really sad, now when it's very, very cold and I'm biking, I will actually put the hood of my coat up under my helmet. So if you're driving behind me and coming up behind me, you cannot tell my race or my gender. And I honestly think that drivers are more aggressive. When they see that I am a white woman, I get more respect and a little bit more deference than if they think that I might be a non-white person. It really was hard when I first realized that that was happening. I don't think people do it consciously for the most part. It just goes to show you how strong that bias runs, how deep that bias runs in our society. You obviously support a walkable, bikeable, accessible city and a variety of housing choices and making housing more affordable. You just talked about that. You want our city to become a more connected community. People can easily live, work, and visit with or without a car. But this city has spread out so far north, so far west. What are some ways to make it easier to live here without a car? Not going to happen overnight. We do have a long ways to go, but there's some things that can make it easier. One thing is changing our zoning laws to allow some things like coffee shops or small restaurants or bars to be situated within neighborhoods. So we don't always have to get in our car to hang out with our friends. Another concept that is called transit-oriented development. And what that means is when you have a bus line, particularly one that's very fast, very frequent, you allow more housing density along that bus line. That way, more people can take advantage of public transit. It's easier for them to get where they're going. MTD spends less money in order to serve more customers. I'd like to expand that to say not just transit-oriented development, but also park and school-oriented development. Like we should be allowing more people to benefit from being close to those amenities. There's another thing that's kind of an exciting idea that is called pattern zones. These are pre-approved blueprints and plans where suppose I have a house for whatever reason, you know, maybe, maybe I have an empty lot. Maybe I've inherited a house from my parents that has seen better days. Wouldn't it be lovely to be able to go to a website and see six to eight different things that I could build there? I could pick one and actually I could go all the way down to the blueprints. So these are things that the community has already approved, things that the city has said, yeah, I'd really like to see something that looks like that in the neighborhood. The permitting process is so streamlined that all you have to do is like click on that and then you have something that you can take to a contractor and say, I would like to bid on this. Instead of sending six months trying to negotiate with the city, what setbacks do I need? What this do I need? What that do I need? So that's a really exciting idea that I would love to see discussed for this city. Let's give a little history on you. You and your husband have lived here for over 20 years. You got your bachelor's degree at U of I. As you mentioned, you're originally from Madison, Wisconsin. You lived in Boston for eight years before you moved here. How is Champaign better at having centralized living than, say, Boston or Madison? Have we done anything as well as both of those cities? Because those are two of my favorite cities to visit. 
Well, I'll tell you one thing, it's smaller. And that's really helpful because it means we're more flexible here. And it's a lot easier for one person or a small group of people to make a difference. Somebody could, for example, run for school board and (laughs) change the location of a new high school. That's something that's really a lot more difficult in Madison or Boston. You don't feel like you have nearly as much of a voice there. Another huge plus is the housing costs here. I want to be cautious when I say that because it is changing rapidly, and that concerns me greatly. But in Champaign, it's a lot more affordable to live in the core of the city than it is in Madison or Boston. So we definitely need to work on keeping that housing availability and expanding it, particularly at the middle and the lower price levels. Final thing I want to mention that as an avid biker, the fact that the city is so flat is a huge advantage over Madison and Boston. I'm not even kidding. I can't even imagine. Although when you go uphill on Windsor towards Duncan from Staley, it feels like you might as well live in Colorado. Yes, I agree, which is why I have an e-bike. And I highly, highly recommend them. Something else that you say, we need to continue to create a good environment for our small businesses, technology companies, and startups. How will you continue that growth when you're on the city council? Economic development is obviously a huge part of what I'm excited about. A big part of that is successful talent recruitment and retention. We need to make Champagne a place people want to move and a place people want to stay. We want to make it a place where our kids are actually excited about growing up to stay in Champagne, which some of our kids are maybe not <laughs> at this point. Walkability and bikeability are actually two of the main questions recruiters get when they talk to people about moving here. Also, housing choices. Newer generations, they don't necessarily want the same things that my generation wanted. They're not necessarily looking for a giant house with a giant yard out in the suburbs. They don't necessarily want an acre of grass that they have to mow, that they have to spend all weekend maintaining their lawn. They want an exciting downtown. They want to be in the heart of things. But also in terms of directly supporting our businesses and our startups, supporting the economic gardening program that our Chamber of Commerce runs, which is trying to grow the companies that are already here and finding ways to support them in their next step up. We do have a lot of businesses with a really nice track record of starting maybe at the farmer's market and then moving to a food truck and then moving to a brick and mortar. We have some of the infrastructure for businesses moving up in the world. And I like that we're not just talking about high-tech startups. We're talking about basic businesses. We're talking about food. We're talking about soap making, candle making, fire doll studios, things like that. And I'd like to see us do more for that in terms of like contracting. As if you own a house, you may know (laughs) it's hard to find people. It's hard to find electricians, good painters, good carpenters supporting those people. That dovetails perfectly into my next question because you mentioned the farmer's market. You mentioned that you bike everywhere. Your kids biked to school. You try to bike to school board meetings and council meetings whenever possible. Is biking a passion for health reasons or for the environment or kind of a hybrid? You know, the environment is a great reason, saving money healthy activity. I like to say anger management because the world is a frustrating place and pedaling hard is actually a good way for me to deal with that. 
But, you know, honestly, the main reason I bike is that it's fun. The safer we make it, the more fun it is for everyone. I feel like that's the real reason. That's how we get people to bike is by emphasizing the fun of it. And e-bikes. Now, if you're over a certain age, having an e-bike, it makes you feel like you are eight years old again. It is so much fun because it doesn't feel like being on a motorcycle or being in a fast car. It feels like it's you doing it. Because it's very much based on how hard you're pedaling. So if you have not yet been on an e-bike, I really encourage you to try one. They are so much fun. You are one of the founders of Curbanism Club. What exactly is it? What are the goals of this group? And where can people find content about it? Urbanism Club is a group where we learn about, discuss, and advocate for new urbanist principles in the Champaign-Urbana community. We meet about once a month to socialize. We usually go to a bar and have happy hour, although we've also been at Broadway Food Hall and other places like that. If you go to urbanism.org slash contact, you can fill out the form to subscribe to the newsletter, which I usually put out on Fridays. It's been a little bit more haphazard with the campaign going on. I don't always get things out on Fridays, but in the newsletter, you know, I usually include a couple action items for surveys to fill out, other ways to advocate, a few articles or podcasts on urbanism topics, and a brief summary of city council agendas for both Champaign and Urbana because people aren't always, we're all busy and we all forget to check those things. So it's kind of a good way to keep abreast of what's going on in the world. And then, you know, in our happy hours, It's just really nice sometimes to realize that you're not the only one who wants to make a more connected community. And it's lovely to get together with other people like that and to strategize ways to go places, to show up to city council meetings and say yes to things instead of letting the side that's always saying no to things be the only voice in the room. What strikes me about your candidacy for city council, you genuinely from the heart want to help this city make it a better place. You are not a politician. You never were on the school board and you don't want to be for city council. You want to make this city better. What can we do to help you do that? I do have a website, electkathyshannon.org. You can go there, you can donate, you can sign up to host a sign in your yard or get involved. So far, it's just been, you know, me with other council members canvassing, but we do plan to expand that because there's no way I, by myself, can reach every voter in this city. So I would like to reach as many voters as possible. And if you have a group of friends you'd like me to speak to, let me know, because again, that direct contact, it's a small enough city that that's a really helpful way to get voters. And don't forget to vote either by mail or in person early or on election day. Election day is April 4th. All right, Kathy, I have to ask, as a school board member, I have noticed that particular segment, board members in Champaign, absorb the most vitriol from any other elected entity. The pandemic has brought out the ugly in people and keyboard warriors over the past three years. What is the one thing that people criticize or attack school board members the most that annoys you the most and that people have no idea what happens behind the scene. What's the one thing that you want people to know behind the scenes that really irked you? This is maybe not a fair complaint, but any decision we have ever made the entire time I've been on the school board, any decision we've ever made, people have complained that we sprang it on them without (laughs) discussing it first. 
And especially, you know, now we have fewer news sources really than we've ever had before. It's hard to know everything that is happening in this city. And I do get that. I try to temper my annoyance with understanding. There is no way everyone can keep abreast of everything that is happening, but it is frustrating when we spend time and energy and try so hard to do a long drawn out thorough process. And then people say, well, why did you do this without community involvement? And that's rough. I know you're going to be a great council member. Thank you for listening to I Have to Ask with Elizabeth Hess, part of the Champagne Showers Podcast Network. Kathy Shannon, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. 